Welcome to this week's episode of Tell Me More. I, Katie Reed Hodges, am back, and we're in the studio with Dr. Wiles and Luke Stair, talking through John 3 and all that it has for us. Uh, We enjoyed our conversation, and we hope you enjoy it, too. Welcome back to Tell Me More. Katie is back. I am. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. I know. Yeah. Oh, man. That's long. That's really. Yes. Well, I was. Luke is behind the button board, and I said, Luke, have you? I haven't heard a lot of. Um, sound effects during my maternity leave. And so um, you've done a great job, but you have. You've lacked in the button. The, the audio button <laughs> I category. Used a button today. Thank there you. It is. Thank you. So, um, welcome to y'all to tell me more. But I'm really glad to be back as mm-hmm. well. So, I for those of you who don't know, I was on maternity leave, and I've just gotten back in the saddle last week. So this Sunday was my first Sunday, the first time to kind of be here for a sermon, mm-hmm. and I've taken diligent notes. Mm-hmm. And we get to mm-hmm. do tell me more. Mm-hmm. The three of us. Mm-hmm. So we're in the podcast studio. Luke Steer is still here. Hi, Luke. I'm here. And of course, Dr. Dennis R. Wiles, mm-hmm. really the star of the show, mm-hmm. right. is here. <laughs> so well, this is my first time to have a three-person conversation. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. And I've been pretty jazzed to be back at First Baptist Arlington. Well, we're glad. We're we glad are. you are back. You we know. all are. <clears throat> and uh, we'll talk about that more, I bet. But mm-hmm. at this very moment, I'm just, you know, a couple hundred yards away from my babies. So I'm pretty happy to be <laughs> Uh, living the life that I'm living. So, Amen. Okay. So uh, last time I hosted this, what we did on Tell Me More is we talked about the sermon, mm-hmm. went deeper into some themes, mm-hmm. and I tried to anticipate what someone listening might find interesting mm-hmm. and do that. So we're going to do it again this time. Let's you ready to it. jump in? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Let's oh, do it. Okay. My first question is, uh, what's been going on around here? <laughs> <laughs> Just a handful of things. Yeah. Oh yeah, how y'all you know, been? Yeah, we've we've Good. had Advent and uh, we've kicked off a new year. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it was mission, it was missions month when I left, and so we wrapped that up well. Ash Wednesday, <clears throat> so yeah, we've wow. just been doing all the things. Yeah, you know the churches well, do during these special seasons of the year. Yes, mm-hmm. and due to the gift of technology, I was able to still be a part mm-hmm. of a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But let's just say it was not the same without it was Katie. Not you know, truly not. No. So, Thank you. Mm-hmm. For better or for worse, mm-hmm. I was absent. It's just the truth. Yes. But you were right where you needed to be. Yeah, I had mm-hmm. no choice. That yep. was what I was doing. That's awesome. So, well, okay. We are now in this Lenten season, mm-hmm. which we kind of call it the church Easter in terms of your preaching series. Right. This is Easter. Mm-hmm. And you have chosen the book of John. Mm-hmm. And so if you're up for it, I would like mm-hmm. you, Dr. Wiles, and of course, Luke, you to chime in, to tell us about the book of John because mm-hmm. it's unique. Mm-hmm. It is my personal favorite gospel. Hmm. Interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you're in the minority in this room. You have two Luke people in this room. Are you both Luke? I, mm-hmm. Is it because it's your name? It's because it's the gospel of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Really? That's what it I does like it for that. And it's the first church historian. Okay. And for, yeah. so that makes sense for both of you. Yeah, sure. Well, I yeah. really like the book of John. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's a, philosoph- a little more philosophical, theological. Mm-hmm. It's very beautifully written. A little more right brain. I like the stories. That are yeah. unique to John. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but that's enough about me. So, Dr. Wells, mm-hmm. the, the book of John mm-hmm. is unique as it stands next to the other Gospels. It is. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, I would say in a number of ways it's unique. For example, some of the things that you just 
take for granted in the Gospels, things like, I don't know, parables mm. <laughs> from mm. Jesus mm. or um, the kingdom of God is like this, mm. which you find so often in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Well, those are missing in John's Gospel. We don't have any parables, very little attention given to the kingdom of, of God. In mm. fact, <clears throat> John 3, I think, is really the main place where the kingdom of God is even discussed mm. in the Gospel of John. It um, you know that particular topic captivates the the, the teaching of Jesus in the other three gospels. Um, you uh, you have there are some of the miracles that are missing in John's gospel that you find in the others, but remarkably you have these really lengthy conversations in John's gospel that you don't have in the other gospels, mm-hmm. and then you have um, at least as best we can tell the way John does his chronology. You have about a three-year ministry of Jesus compressed in 12 pages, mm-hmm. um, which is quite fascinating mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and John also focuses more on the Judean ministry of Jesus, whereas Matthew, Mark, and Luke focus more on the Galilean ministry of Jesus. So you've got that north-south kind of contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got this just immense amount of material from John focused on the final week in the life of Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, you read John 1 through 12. Yeah. Some scholars yeah. like to refer to that as the book of signs because it's in those 12 pages where you have the seven signs or miracles, mm-hmm. if you want to call them that. And then chapters 13 through 21, scholars usually refer to that as the book of glory. It's where the glory of God is on display in Jesus, through Jesus, primarily focused on his passion. But if you think about it, John's 21 pages and you get to John 13 and you're already on Thursday night of mm-hmm. the final week yeah. of the life of Jesus. It really slows down. <clears throat> uh, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> and gets really deep. Um, and then you have um, – it, it is a little interesting how some of these things didn't make it in the other Gospels. Let's be honest. I right. mean, the, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Yeah. What were they thinking? Yeah. Luke. Matthew, Seriously. Luke. Luke. I mean, <laughs> my favorite church historian. It's a pretty— You're going to leave this big miracle out. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it's, and it's not just Lazarus. I mean, it's Lazarus. It's Mary right. and Martha's brother. It's their, their best friends. So, okay, for someone listening, thinking, why would that be? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, what, what do you— why would question. How would John have access to that information? Or mm-hmm. you would think if Matthew, Mark, and Luke had access to it, they would have put it yeah. in. It's just such a yeah. pertinent story. I, I, I would think they all knew it. <laughs> That's probably what I'd say. That would be my take. But, um, you know, I think perhaps the others would take well, – well, let's give Mark a break. I mean, Mark is – Yep. He's just getting know. it done. <clears throat> Mark and John are together in that there's no birth. Yeah. There's the, the birth narrative, the baptism – Excuse me, of Jesus, not really. Well, it's alluded to in John's gospel. John the Baptist says uh, the vision, the spirit of God descending like a dove. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I I, I would say this about why it's in John's gospel. Sorry, we've all got the allergies right now. If you don't live in if you don't live in Texas, then you don't realize what we're dealing with here. So yeah, Um, and this is real life. This is really recorded. The week that we're here, we are. So, but I don't think there's any doubt that when John. I'm of a mind that I think John had some knowledge of the other three Gospels. I believe his is the last Gospel written, probably in the 90s or so. I think the earliest possible date is like AD 70 for John. Yeah, I mean, and I would even I would push it at least till then. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's what I would say. So I'm pretty sure John is going to say— Luke's debating. I'm definitely going to tell this story about Lazarus, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, it's, it, it fits so powerfully into his signs— you know, I mean, these are these are demonstrations of Jesus 
revealing himself as the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and plus, John is interested in relationships. What a great relationship between Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and Jesus. So, um, not sure why Matthew, you got Matthew and Luke with two very lengthy mm-hmm. takes on the life of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but but they do include other miracles. So, there's a lot of other things that are included in them that you don't have in John. Um, but I think probably the arrangement of the material, the I, I'm I'm always a little nervous to say that John is more theological than the other guys because that makes me a little nervous because yeah, it's not fair to them, is yeah it? I mean I'm gonna say Luke and but he had more time yeah in between writing and Jesus' yeah, life too. that's probably true maybe a little more reflective perhaps but also think it's mm-hmm. just his personality he's he's an artist he's there's a reason he gets the revelation yeah. Luke doesn't get the revelation. I don't. I don't know. It'd be interesting to. See I'm not sure what Luke, Luke would have done with the revelation. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. So can I ask about that? We talk, when we talk about John in the mm-hmm. Bible in the New Testament, there are several books that are First John, Second John. You've got Revelation, the Revelation of mm-hmm. John. Mm-hmm. So this is the same John. Well, that's what we would believe as okay. more conservative scholars. Yes, that these are all Johannine documents. Mm, Johannine, big word. <clears throat> yeah, big word. It just means. John studies of yeah. John. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, <clears throat> was there a school attached to John? Some people think that, mm-hmm. um, which in those days would have been normal. Yeah. I mean, if something was coming from yeah Socrates. <clears throat> well, somebody mm-hmm. somebody gathered the material uh, after John, mm-hmm. obviously. So, uh, but I believe John is the principal author of all of those. Of yes. all those. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. And so that's a pretty good chunk of the it New is. Testament we have to thank John for. And he's associated with the Alipatinus. You know, he's mm-hmm. banished uh, by uh, presumably the Emperor Domitian, um, which is not hard to believe because Domitian was so anti-Christian. He was and, a banisher. Yeah, he was. And uh, and just quite an interesting dude. Um, <clears throat> in fact, when he died, he was so hated by the Romans, they just took his name off of everything. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, and the emperor's name was on everything in yeah. those days. They and just so, wiped it, scrubbed yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, um, but he's also associated with the town of Ephesus. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really kind of the home of John. That's where the church of St. John was established. So, mm-hmm. and I would agree with that. <clears throat> I think one thing, and listening to you on <coughs> Sunday, kind of distilled it in my mind. I think the difference between John and the other go- Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which are called the synoptics, which just means they see together, mm-hmm. is Matthew, Mark, and Luke want to tell you the story of Jesus. They want you to know it. They want you to understand it. I think John wants you to put yourself mm-hmm. into the story mm-hmm. of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So instead of being an observer, John wants you to be a participant in the story, Mm -hmm. wants you to place yourself inside of it. Mm -hmm. You said there's room for everyone in John's gospel. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that's not just the people in the gospel of John. Mm -hmm. There's room for you in the gospel of John as the reader. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, in some ways, it almost invites that because you just have these characters, as I mentioned Sunday morning, some of them named, some of them not named. Who who make grand entrances? <laughs> you know, I was reading this morning our daily Bible reading, John four. It's fascinating to me that this woman at the well is unnamed, and she—I mean, she plays a huge role in the story for the disciples. I mean, the disciples mm-hmm. are Jesus is talking to this woman, and when the disciples come back, there's they're they're a little bit um, confused by what's really happening, and then man, Jesus just 
I mean, he just throws down with this woman when she says, well, I know the, I know one day when the Messiah comes, well, I am the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> You're going to say that in Samaria to an unnamed woman? Who is this woman? Mm. Um, and then she goes to Samaria back to her village. And then John says, says something like, well, pretty much everybody believed now because of her. And I'm thinking, well, who is she? I'm, I might want to name my daughter after her, <laughs> you know, right. and mm-hmm. you don't know who she is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, um, there are these fascinating characters in the story. And it's almost like whoever you are, you can find somebody that you can identify with in John's gospel. Um, I was thinking about Nicodemus. Okay. I'm not saying I'm a Nicodemus. Okay. So don't hear me saying that. But you are but a I've, religious leader. I've spent my life in you, the and sphere of religion and, mm-hmm. and I've earned the highest degree in my field. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Nicodemus, but I'm just saying even somebody like me. You stay humble in the presence of Jesus. It it doesn't matter who you are. And so you can walk into this story on just about any page and and find an opening, I think. And so I think you're right, Luke. And I think that's why this this, um, theme that we have, your story, why does your story matter? Well, because all these stories mattered. Right. And Mm -hmm. your story matters too. Your story takes on texture and depth, if you will, because you're connected here. So you're saying the book of John is a good launching point. For a my story, I do campaign. think so. I How think it that? is. It sounds and like someone thought that through. Yeah, I think that uh, we gave that a little time and energy. Speaking <laughs> of stories, man. Speaking of stories, yeah, you okay. have quite a story. My story since you last sat in this room. Work. I've I mean, been through think the about ringer. what's happened mm-hmm. to you since you last sat I've been in this through room. The ringer. Yeah, we do have a story to tell. I think mm-hmm. Ryan and I, mm-hmm. just about the faithfulness of God. But also the faithfulness of First Baptist Arlington. We really have experienced the church at its best. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I do. I have several stories that I could tell yeah. about just people loving us mm-hmm. and God showing up when we really needed it in some certain ways. And, and so first of all, yeah. giving birth to three, <clears throat> excuse me, three right. healthy boys and them being placed then, in a yeah. medical facility yeah, where they boys. were cared for mm-hmm. with the best care available mm-hmm. yes. and we're they very, yeah. come They're, home mm-hmm. healthy and yeah all of those have their own story they really do just on on <coughs> mm-hmm. yeah i mean i had a really good pregnancy most people know this i had a really mm-hmm. healthy triplet pregnancy especially mm-hmm. for triplets mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden i just um, developed pretty severe pregnancy complication mm-hmm. preeclampsia in my heart my blood pressure, my, um, I don't know. It's Anyway, there's some really complicated, if, if you don't check it, you can really damage your body mm-hmm. and your babies. Long so, term. Bad, mm-hmm. it turns out. And so mm-hmm. I had the babies um, much quicker than I thought. Even mm-hmm. even after being hospitalized, I thought I was going to be in the hospital for a few weeks, and it was only five days before I had the babies. Mm-hmm. So they were born at 31 weeks, nine weeks early. Mm-hmm. Well, that's its own thing. Like the doctor walks in one day and says, today's the day. Yeah. He said, today you're going to get skinny. At, that was at lunch, and I had them done by 3.30. Hmm. I mean, so wow. I don't know. It was emergency in that sense, mm-hmm. not like uh, we got to mm-hmm. get them out, or, but mm-hmm. it felt pretty emergency-esque. Mm-hmm. And then you had this unique experience, which if anyone's um, had NICU babies, you may have had this, where my parents drove in, or were, you know, in the recovery room, and I have no babies to present to them. This mm-hmm. is a very unique experience mm-hmm. where obviously my dad has driven in to support me, but mm-hmm. also like to usually that's to meet your new grandkids. Of course. <clears throat> and I just kind of said, you just can't meet them yet because no one was allowed in the NICU except Ryan and Ryan and me. That's that's some people, that's some hospitals, that's true. Some people, 
Sometimes that's not. But uh, so that was a unique experience. That's a mm-hmm. story to tell. And mm-hmm. then we we came home six weeks later. So six, you know, imagine your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Everybody was like, can we just peek in the window? Yeah, can we, yeah, you know, sure. none of that really exists anymore with HIPAA. And so it was, that was a very unique experience where mm-hmm. we had these children whom we loved mm-hmm. and we're getting to know, mm-hmm. but the people that I loved had never met them. That's right. So I Because as like, grandparents, when you're here, you want your hands on those babies. I course. mean, I know how it is. Trust yeah. me. And my, you know, my best friends and people, I would just say like, I have three children mm-hmm. that, that you've never <laughs> met, you know? And I, and so we, yeah, it's just, we, we've had a unique experience. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, yeah. one of the things that was um, a part of that story for me is Cindy and I came to your house mm-hmm. and uh, and we've joked with you about you having three children that we all don't kind of pick a favorite. You know, we're just joking, but, but, but you know, there's, but, we, but I'm, I'm the baby a, in my family. Yeah, there's and a so, baby. Well, and our Sam, littlest, for those at home, our, our, the third one out, Sam is also our smallest, yeah. just the way that it, he, the way they grew inside of me. Yeah. yeah. So, so when we're at your house that, Sam. that first mm-hmm. time and I'm holding little Sam and he, first of all, he's tiny. Oh, he, just it, tiny. Yes. It, well, when you met him, and, five pounds. And yes, that was already, tiny. you know, a coming from, he started at three pounds. So. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there holding Sam and, and he's cute. I mean, it's just, it's so overwhelming to hold this tiny human. And then you just look at me and just kind of casually say, well, you know, he's not due for another, whatever it was, yeah. week or two. Oh, yeah. I forgot what month. it was. It could couple, have been a month. Yeah. Another three they came weeks, home three remember. weeks before their due date. Yeah. And that's about when y'all came yeah. by. Yeah. I Isn't think that you wild? said he's not due for yeah. another three weeks. Yeah. And I found myself saying, "Okay, we we need to take him back. You can't you can't have him yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, yeah. we're messing up here. Uh-huh. We should not be holding this child yet." Yeah. It was just so humbling it's to see, yes, the handiwork of God in this tiny little face, and and uh, and he just just knowing that uh, everything about him is alive. You know, I know. And, and and all of a sudden you look over and there's another one. Cindy's got one, mm-hmm. and they look over there and there's a bed and there's another one. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're all yours. Um, so, At once. Yeah. It's it was, wild. Yeah. You know, there was a moment in the NICU, and I, we don't have to belabor all this, but um, obviously Ryan and I is, is very tender, very emotional. I, You know, I did not really want those babies to come out of me at 31 weeks, but mm-hmm. the doctor said they needed to, mm-hmm. and here we are. And there was a point a couple weeks in where the doctors would make their rounds and they'd you know, spend a lot of time at one bed in the NICU in general, a lot of time at one bed over there and they'd go to the next one. And then they'd go, well, the triplets, you know, they're fine. And they'd keep moving. And Ryan and I were like, look at each other and be like, yes, like we have, <laughs> yeah. we've arrived at a place where they yes. don't need to come pine over our children. They're literally just learning how to eat because mm-hmm. they were little, you know. And so mm-hmm. that I remember that moment where mm-hmm. they just walked by and said, oh, well, the triplets, well, you know, they're yeah. fine. As in, mm-hmm. we're kind of out of the woods right. on those rough days of not knowing and, and so then, and then one day i come by your house to visit with you and ryan and there are three grandmothers in your living room each one feeding a baby yes and what by grandmothers we mean the of the church, church. grandmother first baptist mm-hmm. arlington we call them the young grandmas that's mm-hmm. what i call them because mm-hmm. they're um yes they're grandmothers but they still got a lot of life mm-hmm. in them and yeah and they were we've had i have woken up from a nap Thank God for people who were coming to love me. And there have been people in my home that I did not know were coming that day. Mm-hmm. And they're just loving my children mm-hmm. so that we can. Amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a lot there. Uh, the meal train is still going. It started mm-hmm. on January 1st and today is March uh, 7th. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many days. I haven't done the math, but we're probably approaching 70 days-ish of meals every night. Thank you, First Baptist Arlington. Mm-hmm. We have a definitive ranking, but we won't share it. Yeah. <laughs> of whose meals are best? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. I, uh, and, it's incredible, and, you know, really, we, y'all. Yeah, it's incredible because, the, to me, the the story <clears throat> that you tell, 
miracle of the birth of these babies, then the miracle of the babies being healthy, then the miracle of them being cared for until they're, I don't know if viable is the right word, but I mean, until you're no, able to actually bring them home and no, know they that they're going to be okay. They couldn't eat on their own until we, I mean, yeah. that's why they were there. Yeah. Sure. And, then, and then the sure. miracle of all these hands yep. that are on your children and all the love in that room and the blessing that it's giving to to these people who are in your home as well as to y'all and the children. Yes, that was one surprise. There's quite a, quite a that story, story there. Mm-hmm. That it was how much it's been mutually a blessing. Obviously, mm-hmm. we are the recipients of the big blessing. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly, mm-hmm. we couldn't have survived. But there's a lot of people who it meant a lot to them to yeah. be regulars in our home. Right. And I think there's some richness. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. There's something to remember about the gospel in that story, mm-hmm. that in our serving— Mm-hmm. We find joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot there. So it's yes. been beautiful. It's been very difficult mm-hmm. for me. It's been very difficult for me to accept help. I am normally, my whole life, never, you know, I've never been hospitalized. Yeah. I've never needed much. Yeah. I've come from a very stable family, a lot of privilege. And I have, Ryan and I have had to accept more help in the last six months than I probably ever will again. I mean, mm-hmm. it has just been the most humbling mm-hmm. We, and some of it we have had to ask for, very little, honestly, we've had to ask for, and most of it we just had to say yes and accept it. Mm-hmm. And it is very different, mm-hmm. very different for us. And we've gotten, I've grown mm-hmm. in that the way. The church, the church at work. I'm <clears> telling <throat> you, it's First Baptist at its best. Mm-hmm. First Baptist Arlington, you should be very proud mm-hmm. of how y'all have treated us. Mm-hmm. And I hope that everyone who comes here finds finds mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I think we can do that. Yeah. So I, I so love it. So, so that's, that's that. That's a my story at fbca.org. Yes. <clears throat> Which, if you're listening, right, Luke, give us a pl- <laughs> give us a plug, Luke. And you have a story of how God has worked in your life. You, we would encourage you to email that to my story at fbca.org. We have people who have sent in stories, mm-hmm. hearing great things about these stories. If you haven't sent one in yet, just sit down and think about how God's at work mm-hmm. and send that in. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yes, please. I'll send. It. I'll, e- I'll email in. Yeah, please do. How Kara Milton saved my booty one night yeah. when I was about to pass out because yeah. babies. Anyway, um, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> that's my story, okay. and I'm sticking to it. Okay. Speaking of the great story, though, mm-hmm. uh, back to the Bible. Yeah, yeah, if we could. Mm-hmm. So uh, we talked about this on Sunday. So Dr. Wiles, Luke, y'all tell me where you want to go with this. But there's this wonderful story of Nicodemus, mm-hmm. who is a great character. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just you're talking about putting yourself in those stories. Mm-hmm. If there's anything you want to talk about with him, particularly that you didn't say on Sunday? Well, I just think that, um, again, it's fascinating to me who all historically has been interested in Jesus. Hmm. Um, and Jesus is such a central figure in history, remains so to this day. Uh, he He captures... A lot of attention. I think he captivates the imagination. Sometimes people aren't sure what to do with him. It's interesting to me that most world religions have to at least comment on him. You know, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. the Jewish religion has to let us know. You know, we don't we don't actually believe he's the Messiah now. You know, so it's almost like you you have to talk about him. Mm-hmm. Muslims, of course, will claim him as one of the prophets. You right. Know? Luke, I you mean, were talking about that even today. He, I did. He is one of theirs. I mean, they they how do you ignore him, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, and so people are disinterested. So it doesn't surprise me that first century when, um, you know, on the one hand, um, you might could say, well, okay, Jesus is in Nazareth for most of his life growing up. Which makes him a little suspect, if you think about it, because even though he's born in Bethlehem, 
He's raised in Nazareth. Well, Nazareth um, is near the Decapolis. You know, you, you've got these Greek-speaking cities all around northern Israel. Mm-hmm. And so the people in Nazareth had to relate to all those Gentiles. So they were all Greek speakers. Not a good thing for good Jewish people to right. do at that time. So he's a little suspect. And and, and granted, if you're, a, if you're a tradesman, then you pretty much are going to have to speak Greek and sell your wares to Gentiles. I mean, it just, Nazareth's a small village. And so just stands to reason, Jesus growing up and, and however you want to translate that word carpenter or tradesman or whatever, however you want to translate that Greek word, bottom line is Jesus studies with his dad. And it it just is not much of a stretch to think that he made his way to some of those Greek speaking cities. And, you know, those were some of their customers or whatever. Well, you know, if you're in the southern part of Israel and you're um, authentically Jewish, you're an Aramaic speaker, and you might can speak Greek, but you'll do it grudgingly. It's almost like you'll spit every time after mm-hmm. you have to do it. You know, Through gritted teeth. Yeah, you'll mm-hmm. do it, but it's only because you just have to. Yeah. And uh, whereas Jesus, his people would have spoke Greek freely. It's just, that's just what you did. You, you had to live in that world. So you've got this somewhat suspect person, and yet, when he comes to the southern part of Israel, he always causes quite a stir. And so think about the the tiny circle of people in 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 the grand scheme of things that are that actually sit on the council of the Sanhedrin. It's only seventy of them. So all the Jews living in the world at the time, there's only seventy men that sit in the inner circle. Top tier. Yeah, this this is uh, I mean, this is it. You you won't get any you, there's nowhere else to go from here for mm-hmm. someone. Well, that's where Nicodemus is. He he is at the pinnacle of his career, mm. the pinnacle uh, of all Jewish careers, right? And can you imagine how he's treated everywhere he goes? I mean, he he's just. I mean, it's like lay your lay your cloak down in front of him, kind of person, mm-hmm. you know. A very revered holy man, uh, of course, mm. and and I'm sure very well known. You know, I mean, there's no, like I said, there's only seventy of them. Yeah, uh, I don't think they actually had you know baseball cards of them, but I'm just saying that I think you would have known. Was well known. This who is was this is one of them, you know. Right. And even he, even the word has even gotten to the inner circle, top tier of the Jewish faith, that this man from Nazareth is different, mm-hmm. and he's doing things that we're not sure what to make of, right. and we know he doesn't have. Our education. He's not one of ours. The you know, pedigree the, is not there. Right. Because they all know each other. You know, Gamaliel, all, all of those men, they're all looking at each other. They know who their students are. Mm. He's not one of those. Mm. Um, in fact, they can't They can't say that he's anybody's. Mm. And then whenever anybody talks to him, he wants to talk about his father all the time. <laughs> his, his father's a carpenter. But then you start to realize he's not talking about Joseph. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's talking about God. And so I'm just fascinated that someone of Nicodemus's stature would – Jesus didn't go to Nicodemus. <clears throat> they could have. And, and I don't know if that would change how we feel about the story. I think it would. Yeah, but there's something about coming at night. Yeah. Nicodemus came finding to him Jesus. That is yeah. compelling. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm just wondering – how did that even happen? What was happening? I mean, in other words, did he send like a front man, you know, hey, go go see where yeah. Jesus is and see, you know, see what's going on yeah, and get me an appointment or whatever. I kind of think that's probably what's happened. But don't you wonder, I'm just <clears throat> kind of, for someone so established, and maybe if someone's listening that is established mm-hmm. and on top mm-hmm. of whatever career yeah, they're pick in, something. Mm-hmm. what a like, holy Humility mm-hmm. and curiosity mm-hmm. that Nicodemus has mm-hmm. that we might all benefit from. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. emulating. And I, mm-hmm. and I love the way John also tells the story. This isn't a um, a desire to trip Jesus up. You know, like no. you, like you find with the, sometimes no. the Pharisees. Uh, yeah. Hey, were, Jesus, who, display, who, who are we supposed right. to pay taxes to? Or, yeah. you know, hey, Jesus, who did this? I mean, Don't you like this to is, keep forgiving. Right. Mm-hmm. This is more of a, okay, I mean, seriously. Yeah. Who are you? I mean, we, we know you're from God, so who are you? What are you, what are you doing? I mean, that's the, that's the posture to me. That's the tenor of this conversation. Mm. And so um, I, I love this encounter. It's fascinating to me how quickly Jesus just just moves to the double amen, <laughs> you know the barely, the, barely, barely, barely. You know, um, it's almost as I said, Sunday one. It's almost like a throwdown for Jesus. Yeah. I, I think he does. And it, you said there's twenty five of those. Twenty five of them in John. In John, uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah, and I think. And all of them kind of make you make mm-hmm. you sit up straight, right? Yeah, to it's a, I'm about to tell you something, yeah. and. Um, and I, and I don't think it was disrespectful from Jesus because Nicodemus received it pretty well. He wasn't argumentative, really, mm-hmm. necessarily, but but it was pointed, you know. And the fact that I don't know, it's just interesting how Jesus, how how he's able to to maintain his position so well in every setting. Mm. He, he's just the Son of God, so it just doesn't matter. He's the smartest person who ever lived. Yeah, so it doesn't matter where he is. He's he's. I mean, we're reading in our daily Bible readings right now. John four. He's with a woman in Samaria. He's. I mean, he's just the son of God. Every single time. Yeah, Jesus is cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. You say what you will, but Jesus, he's yeah. got it right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's almost he's like our guy. Everybody's interested in him, even the inner circle. So I always wondered because they don't. We don't want really to know. So when he says to Jesus, we, we know you are of God. So who, who's the we? I kind of think it's people in his circle. Right. Which okay. just makes me think about like Gamaliel and Acts who yeah. you know, says, if this movement is of God, God, there's nothing we can do. Right. Right. So, mm-hmm. so what did, did Nicodemus go back, you know, at a council meeting and go, hey, y'all, <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of this guy. Um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe because of what happens later in the book of Acts. I'm not sure. Um, but I'm, I just love this encounter, and I love how Jesus is portrayed in it. And I love the length of it, that John um, – another thing I'd say about John's th- – this is what's strange about John's gospel when you read it. He covers three years on 12 pages, but he's in no hurry. That, mm. That's what's really strange to me. Mm-hmm. He he's methodical. I mean, if you think, okay, this is the most important person who's ever lived, and I want you to write about his three years of public ministry, and I need you to do it really quickly. I need you to do it in about 12 chapters mm-hmm. because we need to get on with the passion. Um, all right, so I'm thinking, now, how would I do that? What, what would I feel like I needed to tell? And John gives you these lengthy— yeah, might, You might think it would end up more like Mark. Yes. Like, let's just get it down. Yes. And immediately this is no, going on. No red letters. next to the next thing. Yeah. Mm, yeah. No red letters. Just ba-boom, ba-boom. Yep. Instead, you get this long chapter in John 3. We're going to turn around and we're going to get another one in John 4 with a woman in Samaria. Mm-hmm. We're going to turn around and get a lame man at the pool of Bethesda in John 5. I mean, you're, you're going to get these long, just interesting dialogues. With nameless people. Yeah. It's fascinating, isn't it, how he does it? And uh, I think that's what draws us to it. Mm-hmm. I'm still a Luke 
person, <clears throat> Katie. Um, but I will say the older I've gotten, the more appreciation I have of John and just his take on things and my gratitude that he chose to share the the gospel the way he did. Mm-hmm. Because I do, I agree with Luke, I do think he invites us into something. I would say the same thing about the book of Revelation. It's like he invites you in because he just keeps saying, well, then I saw. Yeah. And then he paints a, it's almost yeah. like he paints a portrait. And you kind of put yourself in there. Yeah. Right? I just, I think he just has that ability as a writer, which also then leads to another conversation about how the Holy Spirit somehow inspires these people without violating the, their humanity. You know, that, mm. that, that their, yeah. their personality, Luke is very different than John and somehow, but it's the same spirit of God inspiring these very different people, mm-hmm. you know, to write the same story. Yeah, but it <laughs> right. works within their own personhood. Yeah, it's their own very fascinating to me. It's, uh, yeah. it's what I love about Christianity. That's why I think there's just nothing like – Christianity stands alone, y'all. It just does in, 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 in all of history. Mm-hmm. It just does. There's just nothing else like this. I mean, this one man – think about it. Of course, I just got back from Rome. You're in Rome, and it's just the Coming seat of power. Yeah. yeah, it's the seat of power. My goodness, it's it's everything. It's every god, you know. And the Romans were so good at uh, taking whatever you've done, and in their mind, making it better. Mm-hmm. You know, so they they didn't act like they had to invent everything. I mean, they looked at the Greeks and they said, "Hey, we like all your gods. We'll just rename them, obviously, because we don't want to give y'all credit." But these are great stories, mm-hmm. you know, um, and. To think about the – and then the idea that they could somehow convince the whole world to be Roman mm-hmm. without ever coming to Rome. That's fascinating to me how they did that. And just the way they flexed their muscles and what they were able to accomplish in their technology and all that. And and then you have this one this one guy, like I said, this Jew. A backwater Jew. Yeah, who's suspect. And that one guy takes over the entire empire. That – yeah, it's mm-hmm. not just it that end. Yeah, yeah, and not just that one. I mean, every empire has been impacted mm-hmm. by this one person. So I know that's another lesson, but it's just fascinating to me how that's happened, yeah. and I'm I'm just drawn to it. Yeah, and uh, and of course, it's the Easter season, so I can't help myself. I'm I mean, I'm in the moment here, mm-hmm. thinking through this journey, and I'm watching Jesus, and I know John is telling a long story. But I can already feel my heart starting to beat, you know, as a pastor, because I'm I'm thinking, okay, we're we're getting closer to Holy Week, you know, yeah. we're we're getting closer to this thing's really going to come down. We're we're, turn we're, our face yeah, we're yeah we're getting here, right. y'all. And this whole this whole ultimate um, just purpose of the incarnation is about to be played out right in front of us once again this year, and I don't want to miss it, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, Jesus is cool. John's cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. He's the disciple whom Jesus loves. Speaking of unnamed people, he didn't even name himself, which is fascinating <laughs> to me. You know? just, yeah, there's some assumptions. I'd have been a terrible gospel writer. I've just got to tell y'all. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I just would Dennis have been a t- Oh, my Miles. gosh. I'm just telling y'all right Born now. Born Birmingham, Alabama. That's exactly you know? right. <laughs> this is saying. the one. Please yeah. know. Yeah. Please know that this I'm the one Dennis, writing this. Yeah. Yes, this yeah. one. This yeah. Dennis. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, my goodness, John writes this majestic. I mean, when 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 you see John portrayed in art in Rome or, or really in ancient Christianity, he always has an eagle. Because the idea is his gospel just soars, you know, the, the truth right that he does. shares. Dang you know? right it does. Which, if you so, didn't know, each gospel writer has an animal yep, associated true. with them. Yeah. So he has this, there's this this impression of this gospel, and and he doesn't even name himself as a disciple. 
you know, in the whole story. Mm-hmm. But history has yeah. has preserved it yeah, for us. It's interesting, so. isn't it? Okay. So. I do have one more question, but we may be wrapping – we may be landing the plane. Okay. I don't know. Let's right. do it. All right. Let's, well, then, Luke, let's I'm, do the question. I'm going to need another um, audio button pushed. Uh, uh, Which one? Is this that we're landing the plane? It's up to Luke. Oh. It's up to Luke. No, uh, we're not landing the plane, but we need a little uh, okay. intermission of the heart okay. with a okay. button. Okay. I think this is a good, a button, a good button for this okay. question. Okay. So okay. let's amp, amp it up. No, it's still going. It's very long. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready (laughs) for the final question of Tell Me More? Oh my gosh, and it goes on. You might have to push it and on. Hit the button. (laughs) Will it stop? (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) try. You did All it. Right. You did it. <laughs> that was way more if, than I planned. Uh, apologies if you were like cruising USA in your car <laughs> oh, and they just goodness. made it rock and roll. Um, <laughs> oh, my. Th- my final question is, John 3.16 mm-hmm. has is obviously one of the mm-hmm. – mo- I mean, maybe next to Psalm 23, mm-hmm. very few other mm-hmm. verses in the Bible. Yeah. It's famous. Mm-hmm. And especially in evangelical kind mm-hmm. of Protestant culture, we have really – it's important to us. Mm-hmm. Is there a history that we need to know? Where did it? When did it become – what it is. Is that like a Billy Graham movement? Does mm-hmm. it go before that? Yeah. Do you know? Well, I definitely think it's more modern for sure. Because by the time I got on the scene, mm-hmm. I mean, just a few short years, yeah. 37 years ago, yeah. it was hot. I mean, we were memorizing it and it was like of a foundational course. text for us. Yeah, I think it's probably rooted in the um, the revivalistic movement, you know, in America is probably mm-hmm. what I would say. No, it's always been a passage that's there for everybody. My goodness, it's it's, it's when you're searching for a summary of the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, which I think we do. We, we look for what. where are these verses that just pack so much punch that you can almost quote that one and say, well, there it is. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you have 1 Corinthians 15 where, where Paul basically lays out the gospel mm-hmm. for us in just a, three or four verses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is probably the one verse that just has it all. It's you not know? a good summary It's just statement. everything. And I, and I think it's a theological reflection of John mm-hmm. um, reflecting on this story. And and it just once you get into the the more direct evangelism, if you will, of the probably the first great awakening and certainly into the second great awakening, these particular um, attempts to somehow find a summary of the gospel biblically lands in John three sixteen. And if you think about it, it has it all really. Mm-hmm. It's got the love of God, so it has the heart of the gospel, mm-hmm. the beginning of the gospel. Um, it's got the it's got the 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 demonstration of God's love he gave. It's got the incarnation. It's his son. It's also got the application that mm-hmm. if you'll believe, believe and then it's got the fruit of the gospel, eternal life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's basically got just about everything packed in that mm-hmm. in that one verse. And in a so, pretty short verse. Mm-hmm. I mean I think that's why it really has become so endearing to us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you can truncate anything. I think you you can truncate the gospel even with John 3.16 because there is so much more Mm -hmm. than just what's said in John 3.16. I mean, you know, we've got the whole story of God and through the life of Israel and the understanding of the covenant and, you know, man's rebellion and what God is trying to answer and do and and his whole great plan of redemption that includes everything that's Mm -hmm. been lost. I mean, there's... Mm-hmm. You know, it's way deeper than that. But if you want to just grab something and yeah. say, well, here's the essence of it, it yeah. just lends itself a to nugget. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when it's you good. start getting into revival kind of preaching and evangelistic outreach that's more direct and individual, if you will, um, it just it just lent itself to being captured by that mm-hmm. movement. And it's still, you know, it's still 
our go-to verse. Yeah, it's one of those. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it on poster boards at, mm-hmm. at uh, football games mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What do you think, Luke? I think that's good. Yeah, I, I'm. I think my thought would be. As much as we want to seek a summary in a succinct verse, which I don't think is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. As no, we, we have to have. I mean, we have to have. We do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a way to to put in a nice yeah, to be able to talk about it, digestible yeah. one second thing. But th- I agree that could be a, a ditch yeah. to fall in. Right? Don't fall into that ditch. Mm-hmm. I think as we read through John as a church, put yourself in the story. That's what John is trying to get you to do. He wants you to think about. Mm-hmm. When you've been desperate and need mm-hmm. Jesus's help, or when you've come to Jesus at night, mm-hmm. or the time you've felt mm-hmm. like an outcast mm-hmm. and you encountered Jesus, I mean, mm-hmm. this is about you finding your story wrapped up in the greater story. And I think mm-hmm. that's what the Gospel of John is all about: is helping us mm-hmm. read these words so that we'll believe mm-hmm. and find ourselves and our stories wrapped up into the story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's amen good. to that. Amen. So yeah, don't read. Don't just know John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. Know John three mm-hmm. in the context, mm-hmm. and then John, mm-hmm. John one through twenty one, and then Absolutely. the whole narrative of the gospels mm. and et cetera, yes. et cetera. So, and one other thing, yes, sir. Read John nineteen, and Nicodemus shows back up mm. in daylight, mm-hmm. and in a very public way, and claims the body of Jesus. I I love that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what he told the Sanhedrin, but. The seed of the gospel planted in John 3 bears fruit, <clears throat> John 19. And think about it. Nicodemus took that step of faith before the resurrection. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know? What a word. Mm-hmm. Think about that. You know about faith. I think Joseph and Nicodemus may be two of the most faithful people in the New Testament, willing mm-hmm. to take that kind of step before there was a resurrection without having any idea there was going to be one. Mm-hmm. Just faithful. Just yeah. doing what they knew was That's right, right in God's eyes. I love that. That's why I told the church, son, if you get there before I do, tell Nicodemus, thank you. <laughs> you know. True, truly. Verily, verily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Well, I have very much enjoyed being back. It's been so good to have mm-hmm. you back. I like Tell Me More. I'm a fan. I hope the people listening like Tell Me mm-hmm. More. I think we enjoy doing it. We do it, love it. So. It's good. Well, good. Well, we'll be back next week, and we'll keep walking through John. Mm-hmm. Thank you all. forward to it. Okay. listening to the Tell Me More podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at fbca.org to find out more information about the podcast and our church. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Have a good day. Yeah, work with that.